Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Well, Adam, Vic Fangio gave us a whole, like, three hours for our podcast last week before naming a starting quarterback and making our show completely irrelevant. Yeah, we really appreciated that. And then I went ahead and, after we recorded, wrote an entire article about how he needed to make a decision. I can only assume that he read the article, listened to the podcast, and then made a decision. That is my assumption, and I don't care if it's wrong because that's what I need to get me through the day. And as everyone knows at this point, he finally made a decision. The Broncos finally named a starting quarterback, and it's Teddy Bridgewater. Little Teddy two gloves. I think it's the right call. I think it's the right move for this team right now. I don't have... An opinion strong enough to say Drew Locke should have been the starter. I thought heading into the Seattle game that Drew Locke maybe had done enough to give him to make him the favorite, so to speak. But Teddy Bridgewater has been more consistent, and he was the better quarterback against the Seahawks, and they felt like he was the guy to go with. And as a Broncos fan, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm just glad they made a decision. That's all we wanted last week. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's it's far it's a far stretch to think that it would have been Drew Locke either. I, it's it is sort of interesting to pay attention to the I don't want to call them the naysayers because I feel like that's not really um, the correct term, but you know the the Drew Locke fans who really just wanted it to be Drew Locke, and I, I can appreciate that. You pick a guy. You get attached to them. I do think it's a minority of people on the Twitterverse. If you want to, if you want to look at what's happening out there on social media, I think there's a, a a vocal minority which has a tendency to be the thing that happens. Whereas the majority of Broncos country is fine with whatever and happy to have a starter and was gonna roll with this team no matter what happened. I do think that. It is interesting that many of us, myself included, were fine with them naming Drew the starter after the Minnesota game. 
when the Minnesota pre when the pregame Minnesota whatever you want to call it that game was over, I was one of the people who was like just just give it to Drew just let him run with it, and then you can fall back on Teddy. That was my thought process. Teddy seemed to be the fallback guy. He was the guy who was going to be steady Teddy when Drew Locke eventually petered out, if you will. And for Vic Fangio, he doesn't care about that. He cares about winning. He cares about uh, going ahead and putting a product on the field that's going to get him a victory in September. And we'll talk more about that probably next week. But this idea of, well... They should have put Drew in as the starter. Drew should be the starter after Minnesota. I was one of those people. Just just call it. Let's be done. Let's move on. But then he didn't. Vic Fangio said, no, I'm going to wait. And it was the waiting that I think drove most of us crazy. It was the waiting that made us all feel like, why do we have to sit through this? It got, as we said last week, boring because we keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Well, now we don't have to do that. Now we get to run with Teddy is it the right decision? I honestly, I don't even know. I, that's how far into this we've gotten where I don't even want to like make a statement about whether I think it was right or wrong because I just don't know. And that's how little confidence I have in being able to prognosticate about it because I was excited about Case Keenum because I wanted to be, right? Because I wanted to be excited about potentially winning football games. And then I was duped into that. I was excited about... Drew Locke and his potential when they drafted him and then he got injured and then it was this and then it was that I was excited about that I was excited for Paxton Lynch go back to the Paxton Lynch era I was excited about Paxton well don't like do not like do not actually do it if you have a time machine and you go back anywhere go back an extra year and and just watch the the last football uh Super Bowl win but you know what I'm saying like you you as a fan want to be excited for the guy that the Broncos choose that's in our nature. And I think it's hard for some people because they feel like the Broncos didn't choose Teddy Bridgewater, which I don't understand. They drafted Drew Locke, but they chose Teddy Bridgewater to come in and compete with Drew Locke, which he did in a fair competition. And then the Broncos chose Teddy Bridgewater to be the starter. And if you have a problem with that, I, I guess, sorry, I don't know. But also, that's who they chose. So that's who we're going to watch. That's who we're going to cheer for. And fine. Well, George Payton didn't draft Drew Locke. Fair. I think that's, that's, I think that's a huge caveat. He doesn't have anything tied to Drew Locke. And Vic Fangio's job is on the line. If you're one of 32 coaches, you need to win games. And we said it last week. The Broncos have to win their first three games. At the very least, they have to go two and one. We can get, as you said, more into that next week because there's no football this weekend, NFL football. As for the decision, I think it's the right decision because Vic Fangio feels that Teddy Bridgewater gives this team the best chance to win, as cliche as it is. And people may not want to remember 2020. There's a lot of reasons not to remember 2020. And the Broncos sucking and Drew Locke sucking is one of them. But that doesn't mean that you can just blanket forget and it didn't happen. Drew Locke was the worst quarterback in football last year. If you're going into a season where you need to win games, 
you're you're probably going to go with the guy who's more consistent. That's just the way it is. That's how the NFL works. That's how sports works. You go with the guy who gives you the best chance to win. And Teddy Bridgewater does that. Now, that's not to say that we're not going to see Drew Locke because neither one of these guys has played a full season. And I've said this before, the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is even playing football right now after the leg injury he underwent with the Minnesota Vikings is incredible. So for all the underdog story that Broncos country loves to have, is there a better one than Teddy Bridgewater after the leg injury he got? Yeah, it's Alex Smith, but they think that's the, that's the list right there, isn't it? It's it goes Alex Smith then Teddy Bridgewater. Well, Alex Smith doesn't play for the Broncos, doesn't play for anybody anymore. Uh, and, and you're right, Teddy Bridgewater's leg injury is a, a, a good reason to root for him, and the fact that he's wearing Bronco colors and will be leading the team that we all think is talented enough to compete in the NFL for four wins. Right? That's what you just talked about was four wins. That, that to me is 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 the key point there, and I also think one of the things that we do as fans is we forget that, as you have said, when you're one of 32 coaches, you need to win games or else you won't be one of 32 coaches. We forget that as fans, we forget about that because we've we've become very tribal in who we choose to root for and which guys we're going to pull for, and it, and it is interesting to note just how little we are split as a fan base on everything else about this team. We all think Tom McMahon should be fired. We all think that the Democrats had had to say it. We all think the defense is going to be one of the best in the league. We all think there's incredible amounts of talent on the offensive side of the football. We all believe in every single aspect of this team to some degree. But then we are so divided on the most important position and we can't come together with that. And And I think it's because of just the fact that we are spoiled as Broncos fans and had been for so long that we forget what it's like to struggle through those those years of not having that quarterback. We forget what 2007 to 2011 really felt like. We don't remember. I go 2012. Well, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, sort of giving you that sort of that time period of, I mean – Steve Berline took snaps for the Denver Broncos at quarterback. <laughs> I, I, you know, we've been through some quarterback Danny trauma. Cannell. Danny Cannell took snaps for the Denver Broncos. I mean, we know what it's like to have terrible quarterback play, but we also know what it's like to have Hall of Fame quarterback play. We we've been spoiled. We're now we're not so spoiled. Uh, steady doesn't sound terrible to me right now. That I think that's maybe where I'm at. I'm okay with a little consistency right now. I need a year of, I need a football season of consistency. Hopefully Teddy can do that for us. And then, you know, we'll see what happens as, as the Broncos move into 2022. I, I don't even want to talk about expectations at this point. Well, we can get into that next week, but I, I will say, and I think most people would agree with this. The quarterback of the future is not on this team. Agreed. 2022 and beyond, not on this team. Now, unless Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos make a, a playoff run, then, yeah, then you extend Teddy Bridgewater to a couple-year contract. I still think you draft a quarterback, but at, at least right now, the quarterback of the future isn't on the team. 
Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I will say this, and this is something that I think might – maybe it's unfair because of all the, the Aaron Rodgers news that came out right on uh, draft day and all, and all of those things. But having to choose Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback I do think is an indictment on what happened on draft day with George Payton taking a cornerback. And 100%. I'm not, I'm, I, and I'm not saying that, that – and I've said this so many times on this show. PS2 is going to be a stud. I cannot wait to see how many pro bowls and all pros and how many interceptions this kid pulls down and how he locks down one side of the field. Cause I believe that that is what's going to happen with him. Especially if he can do it against Tyreek Hill, because uh, if you're able to take away Tyreek Hill from Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, they don't have any other receivers. Yes. They still have Travis Kels or however the F you pronounce his name. I now he says, is, did he change it? It's not Kels. Yeah, he said Kels. But yeah. Why? He said Kels. I don't know. Stupid. Whatever. Well, you can't and, stand that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you can take away Tyreek Hill and Pat Sertan has the ability to do that, I think, then that makes it a lot easier, easier, easy to easier. defend Patrick Mahomes because they don't have receivers after Tyreek Hill. It's a fair assessment, and yet. I still think you walk away from this wondering if a quarterback wouldn't have been the right choice knowing now what we didn't know then. And that's that drew lock was not going to ever extend himself out away from Teddy Bridgewater and not to go into the sort of the minutia of the, the battle, but I do think it's fair to point out at no point did drew lock ever pull so far away that at least the coaching staff went, Oh, well, the decision has been made. We did, as fans, Minnesota. That was the game. And quite frankly, if you look at the stats of that game, Teddy's stats were pretty good too. And if you look at it rationally and you take your Drew Locke-colored lenses out of your glasses, you probably would would say, oh, I guess this competition was a lot closer than I wanted it to be. And that's that's where we, we came to with this. We wanted something. If you were someone who wanted Drew Locke, you didn't get what you wanted. That's why you're upset. Now – Move on from that. Join us here in reality. Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback. Let's go see if they can get some wins. I don't know if they can. I guess we'll see what happens over the course of the next couple weeks until they, they play their first game. But at least they pick somebody, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. I mean, we can if we want. We can keep going if we want to, but we don't have to. And it's going to be really weird, but as boring as it was the last couple of weeks with this constant – grading and scoring training camp winners and waiting for them to name a starter. Now I do want it to be boring. Like I don't, I I want a boring quarterback. I want a guy who's not going to turn the football over and will hit Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler and have the running game set up everything else. Cause I think this running game can do that. Melvin Gordon looked really good against the Rams on Saturday. We know how Pookie is going to look. So I, I, it's there. Just be a serviceable quarterback. And I, I totally get that we're getting into that slippery slope of what the Broncos have been doing for the last five years when they had Peyton Manning and they thought that they could just have any quarterback and have a great defense. No, you'd still need to have good quarterback play. I, we'll see what happens. We will. We will see what happens. And 
Now what we will see is is sort of what's going to happen with the rest of the of the roster and the, and the final cuts and trades and and moves were made uh, to get down to the fifty three man roster. If if you want to know who the final guys were to make the fifty three man roster, uh, Joe Rolls put out the the final roster on on Mile High Report. Uh, you can check that out. You should check it out if you're curious about any specific guys. I will tell you position Ian, by position breakdown and I mean, the amount of guys and who for each position. It's really well done. It's like he has nothing else to do with his time. It's amazing. I wish I had nothing else to do with my time. I, I'm jealous. Totally jealous. Before we started recording, I had to help my daughter with her homework. So I wouldn't have had time to put that together because we were doing social studies homework. But that being said, the most surprising thing to me, and this is, I think, the the one that's going to get everybody, nothing was a surprise. There were zero surprise cuts. I think there were some guys that could have been. I think Royce Freeman would have been a surprise, a surprise cut. Maybe not a surprise cut, but one on the chopping block if Mike Boone hadn't gotten hurt. Um, I'm more surprised that he didn't get traded, and I think it's because yeah. Mike Boone got hurt. Yes, and I, I think that the sort of the the idea that you have when you go into this, and there are always you know the question, who's the surprise cut? Who's the guy that's going to pop up and you're going to go, oh, I can't believe they did that? There wasn't one. There wasn't a single guy that, that made that list of, of cuts that made me go, Wow, I can't. I didn't have a Cam Newton moment where I was like, I can't believe they cut him. That's amazing. They cut Cam Newton. That's crazy. Which, according to some people, wasn't crazy, and some people thought it was crazy. I'm, I'm one that says it wasn't. I, I he mean, hasn't been the same quarterback since Super Bowl Fifty. Right. Exactly. And I, and I tweeted out the gif of him refusing to dive on the football, and I didn't have any words to it, but I wanted to say Cam Newton trying to go after the starting quarterback job. Yeah, he didn't uh, didn't exactly snatch it off the ground there in in New England. You know, and it, it it is funny because as Bronco fans, obviously we we revel in the fact that more than likely what happened to him in Super Bowl Fifty is why he is what he is now. But quite frankly, he was going to change the NFL, and he's literal proof that wear and tear will will be something that devastates everyone. He was going to be a hall of famer. He was going to be a constant all pro, but they treated him like a running back. He got beat up often. And then that super bowl just, I think mentally destroyed him. And Von he, Miller destroyed exactly. Him. And he, and he hasn't been the same since he's been dressing like, you know, my, my aunt and you know, going to go trying to be a, a Batman villain in a comic book. And he just hasn't been the same football player. And he got beat out by an Alabama quarterback. So there's some Alabama-Auburn jokes in there for you if you want. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. I, I did not even put those two things together. I should have. I think to me, I wouldn't say surprise, but given the fact that this franchise loves awful quarterbacks, the fact that they released Brett Rippon is somewhat surprising to me. And I wonder if that's because John Elway isn't around. You know, that's a good that's a good point. I you know what really surprises me about that though, it's more so about the fact that Drew Locke has been hurt every year. And so has Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has hasn't played a full season. They're not carrying a third quarterback. So, so I wonder if he he may come back on the practice squad. And then the other somewhat surprising thing to me, at least, was trading Trinity Benson to the Detroit Lions because 
he, by all accounts, flashed during training camp and practice consistently. He showed up in games. He was playing special teams. And the fact that special teams is the, is one of the huge bugaboos for this team right now. The last two weeks, Vic Fangio has talked about how it's not good enough. Well, the last three years, there's been one consistent aspect of this that hasn't changed, and he's still there. Although Andrew Mason brought up a great point. If you're a coach on the hot seat and you get rid of Tom McMahon, if you're looking for a special teams coordinator to come in and replace Tom McMahon, are you really going to go into a potential lame duck season? That's a fair point. I I, I get that. And, it, and it's an easy joke that we've been making for a, a, a number of seasons now. Like, how is Tom McMahon still the special teams coach? Who Who does he have dirt on, right? Who does he have dirty pictures of? Because we used to think it was John Elway, but it can't be John Elway. Because he he outlasted John Elway, and it can't be I, I I can't imagine it's George Payton because George Payton is is brand new to the team. I doubt it's Vic Fangio. I, I, who who does he own? Who does Tom McMahon own that he cannot be fired by anybody, and he just gets to keep doing his job so poorly? It, it makes no sense to me. Boggles the mind. I didn't know we were going to talk about Tom McMahon, but my goodness, how is he still the special teams coach in Denver? I think that's one thing all of Broncos country can agree on. The other interesting point that Andrew Mason pointed out was that they were so bad and Brock Olivo was so bad that it would take a miracle worker. I'm adding those words because of how bad they were and how bad the roster was for special teams. I I still think that's an out because they've been bad for over for three years at least, and they're not getting better. I mean, at some point you have to show improvement or some modicum of propensity to do your job. Oh, I like and, I like that phrase, a modicum of propensity to do your job. That's somebody put that on Tom McMahon's uh, headstone. At, or I can't cover. I, <laughs> I mean, at some point you have to. <laughs> he was far from special. I I just think. You could get, I mean, really, there's guys who want to play in this league and literally will do anything to play in the league. I don't want to say that it's easy to find those guys, but is it really that difficult to find guys who are, are willing to give it all on special teams? Is it really that effing difficult? Apparently. I mean, apparently it is, but it, but it's not about the players. That's that's the thing that I think keeps coming coming out is that it's not about the players. If it was about the players, then things would have changed because the roster changes every year. It's about the guy who's in charge of those players. Right. That's the one consistent thing that hasn't changed. You can change all the players you want if your coach is garbage. It's like it doesn't the, matter who you put there. This is the, the one thing we're talking about where we don't want consistency and we'd like to see some change. <laughs> the special teams yeah, coach. I, I, to me, he's a special teams coach. I mean, do you really need consistency on special teams? I mean, yeah. run up and down the field and block or hit people. It's oh. not rocket surgery. I, I mean, no, it is not. You know who he'd be a really good coach for is Bishop Sycamore. Or Sycamore oh, Bishop, go. I think he'd be, you know he could he'd fit in really well on that coaching staff, 
because or he's running ESPN. Oh, there you go. I would take that. He's this is this is ESPN talking. It's this Atomic Man. Oh yeah, we'll let anybody play on our network. We need the coverage. <laughs> it, it, hey, that story. I, I know you you haven't read it up much up on it, and I haven't read everything either. But every time I read a little something, it gets a little crazier to the point where they're talking about the head coach having warrants out for his arrest and the junior college dropouts getting blown out by high school kids. And just the, the whole story just as, as it unfolds is it deserves its own 30 for 30. And and, I'm quite honestly, this is an opportunity for ESPN to do something that has some true self-awareness. They need to immediately start doing a 30 for 30 on Bishop Sycamore and the duping of ESPN and how they got onto uh, the playing field with kids from, from Florida. And and the other thing, how dangerous was that for the kids from Florida and the, 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 the teams that they played, they, they could have got hurt playing team, a team that was thrown together by Lori Laughlin. Well, I, I think that was somewhat hilarious that there are the, apparently the announcers were talking about, uh, worried about the health of Bishop Sycamore or whatever. And they're like 19 and 19 to 23 year old kids. And they're getting blown out by high school kids in Florida. Yeah. There's a, you, there's a, a small, a subtle shift when you get out of high school and you go to college and you become a Juco dropout. And I think the shift involves copious amounts of beer and a, a large amount of no longer training. Whereas the high school kids are, working hard and training hard. And I'm not saying there's no beer, but probably not nearly as much. And so unless it's Friday night lights, (laughs) unless it's Friday night lights, a a lot less desire uh, with the Bishop Sycamore players. I really, I, an incredible story and ESPN has to do a 30 for 30 on their own. Absolute uh, moronic screw up that has created such an amazing story for us to talk about. Because it's like, how does this happen? Well, it happens because, you know, guys like Tom McMahon still have a job. So, you know, this is possible. Well, the fact that we're talking about ESPN having some self-reflection, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. I mean, this also, so we, so we need the onion, we need the onion to create a TV station and they do it. Right. And the TV station could be the same TV station that aunt Becky worked for in full house before she faked getting her daughters into USC. I, I think that's that's the way to do that. That's twice oh, I've sad. made this reference, and you didn't. I don't know if you caught it yet. Well, the, the only thing that I think of with Full House is Step Brothers, where uh, John C. Riley and, and Will Ferrell say uh, the one guy who is the sexiest man or whatever it is the line is, and they say John Stamos. That's right. That's true. I, I do remember that. Don't you don't you remember the college uh, entrance scandal and Aunt Becky like paid millions of dollars to get her kids into USC by faking like scholarships for I think it was like rowing or or crew or some junk like the water polo and like her daughter who's an influencer on YouTube and does like makeup stuff got into USC because somebody put together a fake portfolio that she paid for for like uh she was on the water polo team. You don't know any. Oh my gosh! Oh, I I I know about it. That's I just that's what makes Aunt Becky the perfect like uh, athletic director for Bishop Sycamore. 
Yeah, it, it is perfect. And I, I, I did catch up on it. Sorry, I didn't. I, was, I went, I went too I didn't fast. Reference the jokes. I went so far past that I had to come back, and that's all right. It's fine. It's fine. There's really no football to talk about anyway. So this is, this is the perfect conversation. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.